Hey everyone, welcome to the Sneaker History Podcast, where we dive into the people, stories, and iconic moments that have helped make sneakers a global phenomenon. If you've ever told someone that you like their kicks, then you're in the right place. Before we lace up this episode, here's a little teaser for you. Stick around to the end of each episode for the last shot question. It's a chance to test your sneaker knowledge and engage with our community. I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com slash newsletter for a weekly deep dive into the biggest topics in the sneaker business. All right, now that the business is taken care of, grab your favorite pair of kicks and let's get started with the episode. Georgian trying to shake off starts. Oh, what a Against Gill, the crowd on its feet. Allen for the win! Welcome to the Sneaker History Podcast. What up, what up? Welcome back to the Sneaker History Podcast. My name's Nick Engvall, and I'm with my guys, Mike and Robbie, to talk about what's been going on in the world lately. How you guys doing tonight? Yeah, you know, all right. Just uh, trying to keep an eye on what's going on and, you know, just hoping for a change finally, man. Same here. I'm thinking about whether or not we can keep this energy long term and through elections and such. But uh, all in all, pretty rainy and okay day. Yeah, I think uh, that's that's kind of my my biggest concern right now too. Is is this this energy just needs to continue on? And November is still a long way away. Yeah. I mean, was it when this all started, like just even just COVID? I mean, I feel like I've already lived through like four 2020s already. I'm just like, please, just to get to November. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, I mean, so obviously on this episode, we uh, we took we took a week off to kind of stay out of the mix. You know, I personally just felt like the sneaker history platform you guys all know where we stand. We made some posts and, you know, Robbie wrote a great little blurb for one of the posts. And, um, I just didn't want to distract from everything that's going on. I really think that this is a hugely important time in our worldly history. I don't even think this is, you know, this is not just an America thing right now, as you're seeing all these people kind of, rise up and and show up for um you know to to join the movement all over the globe and you know the fact that we have people listening all over the globe you know i didn't want to just keep posting sneakers because at the end of the day as much as i love these things and i love the friends like robbie and mike that i've made along the way you know it's just sneakers and it's not important at all compared to the real shit that's going on out there and so I, I just didn't want I just didn't want to distract from the messages that needed to be heard. And um, I think, you know, we obviously want to keep talking about what's going on. We do want to talk about sneakers eventually again, because, you know, that's that's what we're here to talk about. But, you know, today I really wanted to take the time and kind of just look at the way all of these brands, the people that are out there, the athletes, the celebrities, how everybody is kind of responding and, you know, uh, speaking up on the protests that are happening and, you know, probably talk a little bit about the looting that has gone on. Cause you know, here in my neighborhood in, in LA, there's a lot of stores that went completely empty, um, that first couple of days. Um, but yeah, I think, um, it's just a really tough time to, you know, feel like you're contributing enough, no matter what you do, you, you always kind of feel the pressure of like, you know, this still has to change and we still need to stand up and we still need to fight for what's right. And that's been a really interesting thing because as we're seeing a lot of these brands kind of come out and, you know, either make a statement or, you know, some of the, some of the, you know, 
retail stores have, you know, after they've been looted, boarded up and put a message on their store. And, you know, I just kind of wanted to throw it to you guys and, and see, I guess, who, who you think has done a good job, or I shouldn't even say a good job. Who do you think has been authentic in these past, you know, few days, weeks around dealing with what's going on and, um, you know, supporting or not supporting the, you know, Black Lives Matter kind of movement that's happening right now. Yeah, well, we all know the king of uh, being authentic and not supporting. I mean, he's still chilling in the White House right now. But uh, one person I've seen who has been doing a heck of a job supporting, especially even though his his store is in the midst of everything that's been going on, has been, uh, been Bobby Hundreds. I mean, he's been super vocal, looks like, on everything. I mean, he's like, look, I don't care about this store. He's like, I'd rather not get destroyed, but if it means that we can change something, I'm all for it. He's like, just keep protesting, y'all be safe, but that's all that matters right now. And, and like I said, he's been super vocal. Um, I mean, I don't, I, I don't know everything he's doing clearly, but you're not supposed to know what everybody's doing. I don't think you need to post, oh, I donated this, that, and the other. No one needs to know. You do that, that's for you. And that's for the world to change. It's not for people to approve you on social media and then another person who has, I mean, he's never shied away from the, the limelight of speaking his mind, but LeBron James, he's speaking like out, out against, you know, government officials, federal athletes. I mean, no one's safe from getting, you know, made accountable, which I, again, that's one of the reasons I, I really do like LeBron and, you know, as an athlete, because he's not going to sit there with the, with the reporter told him back in the day, shut up and dribble. He hasn't done that, and I can truly appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I don't have like a list of people either. Um, I think Bobby's a good example for what you two have already said, is that, you know, it's not, it's not about you losing product or your store being fucked. I mean, it's and, – and I know this sounds like a heartless saying it, but it's like it's – it's like it, your store has had to go, not because like you're doing anything wrong, but like when peaceful protest doesn't work, you have to have other means to show that you're upset. And I think it's a double standard with looting specifically, because obviously, you know, the news wants to show black people feeling like, oh, why are you ruining your own communities? Well, every time a football team wins, they loot and destroy the city almost every year. Right. And that's right. every race, every person. And it's, it's clean fun, right? It's, it's, it's good old fun. Like they need this as really, whatever stupid justification you can make for burning down cars after your team won the Super Bowl seems to get thrown out there and be accepted. But when every single type, I feel like the black community and people you know, allies of that community have tried every single thing before looting to try to get a point across every, I mean, check every box under peaceful protest, and, you know, from t-shirts and NBA games to um, Twitter messages to, uh, you know, part partnering with, you know, local leaders, like they've done everything they can. And I really don't like how the media wants to sh shed it, shed like the spotlight on looting and it being bad when the people being looted for the most part who have a heart come out afterwards saying, yeah, it sucks. My stuff is gone, but I understand your pain. I understand where you're coming from. I understand why you're doing this. And I think the understanding um, needs to be um, broadcasted by the people who've been affected by it because it's, it's not a good look being butthurt about your stuff being gone. Like, same reason why we don't really talk about shoes right now. It's because the material items are not important. Like, um, I'm really sorry you, you lost your Solar Red Yeezys in Flight Club. When, you know, that, that genuinely sucks. You missed out like, you know, $8,000. That definitely is not fun. But it's much bigger than like, it, you, you know, there's bystanders in every which meaning of the word, be it human property, um, mindsets, um, you know, 
moralities. There's always going to be casualties of, of something like change doesn't happen through a flower field. So there's so many shops, you know, I think Riff LA, um, round sucks. So I don't even want to like really touch on that, but like anybody in that Fairfax area who was affected for the most part responded in a loving way towards the cause. And I think that's what's more important than any particular person sending out, you know, their thoughts on an Instagram story or, um, or anything else really. So that's my long convoluted thought on, (laughs) on, uh, on raiding and looting. To me, the looting and all of the stuff that, that happens, you know, whether it's burning cars or, you know, what, whatever, I, I don't think that people understand the level of frustration, the level of anger, the level of hurt, the level of pain that a lot of people in this country are going through. And that's that's a natural response right like you uh, you know not justifying someone going out and and doing something stupid but like you said you know change doesn't happen walking through a flower field right like you can only be you can only see this shit for so long before you start to get to a point of of real like anger frustration And, you know, I mean, I, I try to relate everything to my experience and I've had, you know, a lot of anger for a lot of my life, for a lot of various reasons. And I've spent the last probably close to 15, 20 years working on dealing with that. And, you know, it, it, thankfully kind of hit me really hard at one point, you know, a long time ago when, you know, my brother told me something basically like he was afraid to be around me because of how I was, how frustrated I was getting and how angry I was getting at certain things that were happening in the world. And, um, that really shook me to kind of wake up to the way I naturally just had this like, fuck it mentality. Um, and so it's taken me a long time to, to like understand those feelings and emotions for myself, but I haven't gone through nothing compared to what so many people are standing out there fighting for. Right. And Mm -hmm. I think that's the thing is like, it really is, you know, it, it does suck to lose, you know, some monetary value and whatever that thing is. But at the end of the day, for me, you know, like, I don't want to see anyone lose their life over anything. And I can't think about the material shit at the same time I'm thinking about that person's life. And that's the hardest part about all of this shit is like, like you said, Robbie, seeing the way people portray the people that are looting, don't get me wrong. They're, they're clearly people just out there for a come up, you know, and people of all colors, people of all backgrounds, people, of you know, like the, the thing about what's going on right now is that it's compounding, right? Yes. We need to deal with police brutality in America. We wouldn't have gotten the looting and all of the craziness that's gone on with what's, you know, what's people just trying to distract from the peacefulness if you didn't have, you know, people stuck inside because of COVID handled poorly by our government because of the economy and so many people out of jobs, you know, like I am thankful, you know, that I have, you know, enough money to last me uh, another month or two and I'll figure out what I got to do. You know, I can sell my sneakers hopefully, or whatever that is to, to keep it moving. Right. But like, People, people that have lost their jobs are are feeling so much more pressure. And then to feel that they can't trust the people that you're supposed to be able to trust when shit hits the fan in our world, 
it's just it's not a surprise that that you know people are frustrated and i think that part of what's a challenge in america and i've told you guys this you know in the past couple of weeks as we've talked we don't get to talk about these things we don't have people say i'm going to sit here and listen because we're not taught that and that takes a lot of work as human beings because a lot of us don't have those support systems around us on a regular basis and when we do we don't really necessarily know how to talk in those situations because these are tough conversations to have you know it's like you see the natural uprising of what's going on in the in the shit that people need to just get off their chest then you see people trying to have conversations about what's going on then you see people respond with you know well, what about me or or what about them or what about this other person and it's like well you're if if that's your response to anything you're clearly not listening to the person and hearing what they're saying and i think that is a is the root of all of this you know systemic problem that we have in america and unfortunately like social media continues to kind of distract from that actual problem of like real conversation you know i think you know i don't i think you just brought it up mike but it's like you see this such a comparison and such a you know like mm -hmm. clout chasing and and dick swinging of like i've done this and this and this and this and this and i'm happy for you like whatever you can do that's what you should do but if you're you know 60 years old and have underlying health conditions of some kind it's okay to stay at home and you know maybe you're on social media and you're resharing stuff or maybe you're just texting a friend and saying yo man haven't heard from you in a while but i just want to tell you i love you like all that stuff matters and i think we're in this really shitty place around social media that like we just don't we don't acknowledge that those little things happen because everybody's out there trying to one up each other rather than just being like present and there for the person that's standing next to them or this laying on the ground next to them in protest that's like the thing that's completely missing and i hope that you know for everybody that's listening i'm you know obviously off on a little tangent here but i hope that you know the messages that come from these brands that you're seeing that you recognize that 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 deep down it's the conversation that needs to be had that's what everybody's trying to understand and trying to put out there and i'm not saying that everybody is genuine in their messaging you know uh, uh, me being a Colin Kaepernick fan and a 49er fan prior to, you know, stop and watch football like that is the perfect example of, you know, somebody just hopping on the bandwagon to try to say, you know, the NFL mm -hmm. just trying to save their ass because the players came out and said, we we stand with Black Lives Matter. We stand with this whole police brutality, you know, against this police brutality that's going on. And the NFL, you know, obviously conveniently a day or two later comes out and says the same thing. And it's like, we already know your institution is one of the problems, right? So well, I really hope that people look deeper, you know, and, and we can continue to hold these businesses accountable, both from the inside and out, right? Because I, I don't want to dismiss that, like, as much as I don't want to watch the NFL, they employ a lot of people. They employ some of my friends, and I don't want those people to lose their jobs. I don't want them to not be able to play the game. But at, at, at the same, at the same, you know, kind of with the same mentality that we're all, you know, saying, hey, police need to stand up against the police that are bad. That's mm -hmm. the same way that I hope that businesses move forward with this message, because they're all they all have plenty of money to throw around and say, we're donating here, we're donating there. But that doesn't really change the system. The system only changes if the people within that company speak up when it's hard to speak up, when they know that they might get fired for that. And I'm not saying to go mouthing off to your, you know, boss or whatever, but like sometimes that's what has to happen. And sometimes that change, that that shift, you know, maybe you are up there in Portland and, and you're working on one side of the river and now you're working on the other side of the river because you had to speak your 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 truth. And mm -hmm. I think that is, you know, kind of getting into like some of these messages. Um, you know, I hope that people are paying attention to what's going on because there's there's a lot of 
companies that I think every company has issues. I don't think any company is going to be perfect. I think that that applies to every possible range of business that you could think of. But I do think that when companies capitalize on these moments with, you know, witty slogans or creative videos or whatever, it's like, you better be there when nobody else is being there just as much as you're there when everybody wants to see this shit and you're going to get a bunch of sales out of it. Mm-hmm. So I, I think what's important to, to fall back a little bit on before we go too much into, you know, brand messaging and stuff is that, you know, we wouldn't have, to, there wouldn't be any of these brand messages. There wouldn't be any riots. There wouldn't be looting. There wouldn't be real protesting like this. If we would just get conviction, if we would just have justice at the time, in this particular instance with George Floyd, if we would have had the convictions up front quickly with the video evidence we've all seen, I think a lot of the damage could have been averted. But it doesn't work that way. And that's why there has to be this kind of reaction is because, you know, you know, Colin Kaepernick in 2017, trying to bring it to light there. How many times have black people and allies of the black community tried to get this point across? Every single time there is a black man or woman murdered by police across the country. This has been, this is no new thing. It's, it's disgraceful and sad as I try to go through my memory there's, there's too many to count. There's too many to name. You have to have a four-page swipe-through list to try to get all the names of black men and women killed by police. So, I mean, it's, it's corny by some brands and it's successful by others to have these kind of messages of solidarity out there. But none of this would happen if just we could find a way to have swift justice and hopefully this route we've chosen is that path towards future swift justice. Um, Yeah, yeah, most definitely. That's what it all comes back to. If, if we would have solved this problem in the 1900s, we wouldn't be having this problem now in 2020. So, I mean, with that said, I mean, we'll start talking more about brands here and I know I'm historically a no Bach boy, but I think from, you know, from where we come from the shoe perspective, they did the best um, when it comes to messaging. Jordan Brand and Nike obviously has the biggest guns. They've flaunted that bag um, most prevalently out of all the brands. You know, hundred million over ten years by Jordan Brand and forty million over four years from Nike as a whole. But I, I think as Reebok really said it best from somebody who, from three people here who wear shoes. Um, you know, without the black community, Reebok would not exist. America wouldn't exist. So please take that message right there. It's not only Reebok wouldn't exist. You know, our careers wouldn't exist. This podcast wouldn't exist. Michael Jordan as a shoe person would not exist. And nothing that we hold of value in shoes or this shoe culture as a whole would not exist without the black community. So I think them that being their first statement, spot on. And then the second one here, um, we're not asking you to buy our shoes. We're asking you to walk in someone else's. Um, the first sentence there being a big point that, that we stand behind is like, shoes aren't important right now. I don't care what's going on on Kicks deals. I don't care what's going on on Nike.com. I'm not trying to buy shoes right now. I could give two shits less. Um, it's, it's just not important. But what is important is trying to empathize and understand that no, not all lives matter. We're talking about black lives matter. Understanding how a community is feeling and empathizing with that and walking in their shoes. It's one of the oldest um, you know, phrases in the book, but extremely well used there. And then the last slide here, to stand in solidarity, to find our common ground in humanity. Like we've kept saying, anybody with a head on their shoulders should be valuing life, should understand that black lives matter like any other life should. You know, in, in, a, in a perfect rainbow-filled world, yes, all lives would matter. But we need to find that common ground of humanity and lift the black community up so we can enjoy that 
all lives matter phrase without it sounding salty and against the grain. So from a brand perspective, I'll start it off there. Reebok smashed it. And that's bar none the best without having to throw $140 million at the problem. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is, uh, I mean, I, I'm only 30, but I've seen some things here and there. And as I was younger, as I'm now older, um, this itself, I think, was the, the, the boiling point, the tipping point, not just in the sense of um, police brutality, because, yes, that needs to get fixed, like, a million times over. That needs to be fixed because I don't want to leave my house and think that, oh, if I get stopped on a road, that that might be the last time you guys hear from me on the podcast. Um, and it's just a sad, like, thing because, I mean, me personally, I've been stopped for no particular reasons just because cops like, hmm, you, you're a little too dark to be driving a nice car or so on and so forth. And it's like, and like I said before in the video I posted, it's not every cop. It's just the ones who are doing the bad shines through. Every Everything a bad person does because of just the way the world works, that's what we see. We don't see the good things that are done. Now, this is like... Again, it, it is, yes, a uh, big part of it is just we're, we're sick of getting mistreated by law enforcement, but we're sick of getting mistreated by just the general public. I mean, Robbie, that you, you said it best with, with Reebok's statement is like, without black people, we wouldn't be here. America wouldn't be here. And I can't, I mean, all of us, where we, we live in the social media world, us, because that is our, you know, that is our, as our job. Like we put out the podcast, we, we connect with people. That is that is what we do, and you see more than not other races are. They would they'd love to do the you know same things that the black culture does, whether it be sneakers, clothes, music, whatever it is. They love the culture, but they don't see us as people. They're just like, oh, cool. They I like his shoes. Who's that? Or I mean, it's just so many boxes that black people are put in, and I cannot remember what song. Um, I heard this from, it was like, a, it was an older Charles Gambino song. And then the line was basically like white kids can put whatever hat on they want, but for black kids is one size fits all. Everyone's looked the same way. And it's, it's just really just annoying is I guess a probably lack of a better word. I mean, it's frustrating that, you will get eyed down by someone in the street who knows zero about you and they'll make a perception about you. Like, I mean, something, something simple as me. I mean, no one, like, people, I, I probably don't tell a lot of people, like, I just knew in the past about the podcast. I'm like, eh, I don't, people don't talk to me anymore. And people see like like picture something. Oh, you just got a lot of shoes. It look like you wasted money on shoes. I'm like, you don't know what I do. Like, you just think, oh, it's a black guy spending money on shoes. You don't know the backstory. Yes, I do like them and probably have more than I need, but there's a reason for it. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just a boiling point. And I, for one, it just literally, I think I've been having a headache for probably the past like what 12 to 14 days however long has been going on because i literally into a point of just we, we got to do something and i think something's finally happening you know growth hurts so this looting this riot even though i don't condone violence or destruction i don't believe in that but growth hurts and this is growth i hope it is going to take a sustaining this as not just black people, but everyone, you know, wanting to actually hear and listen and change. But this has to do something because brands are getting scared for lack of better words there because at no other point, whether it's Trayvon Martin, uh, anyone else who has been unjustly killed in the streets, um, there's never been an uproar like it's been. And whether they're genuine or not, these statements, the brands are scared and know that something's going to happen. Like we have organized enough to make things happen. 
black people look like we are willing to say, you know what, I will stop like funding your brand. I don't care. Like I'm, I typically would watch the NFL. I mean, not, you know, the, the Texans, that's my team. And I would typically watch them, but I have at, at this point, I was telling Nick and Rob before we started that I, I'm done with the NFL. And I almost rather them have not said not anything than to do what they did and was to basically say, Oh, Oh, this is really happening. Oh, I guess we better say something because our players came out and said something. That is trash. The NFL is a bunch of trash bags, and I hope that league literally just gets what they deserve because I don't think a single person of color, any black person should support that. And then you have star quarterbacks like Drew Brees still spitting nonsense. You live in New Orleans, bro. Like, what are you doing? You live in a city predominantly black, and you say, oh, I do this and this, but you still, oh, I don't, I don't respect anybody who's not going to respect the flag. It's not about the flag. People keep making about a freaking flag. It is about the injustice that we deal with on a daily basis. And it's frustrating to see that people still can't wrap their heads around it. So well, that is kind so, of my rant. <laughs> but, you know, just while, while, you, while you brought up the flag, if there was another place Colin Kaepernick could stop and have everybody look at him um, with his helmet off, before out of the context of the game to try to get a message across there's not another time so like no that's the best time because people are still people are looking at you on that field and for our so-called leader to say oh i think you should be you know cut without pay which the idiots in the freaking nfl pretty much did to the man it is nonsense because he he did his research he did not like he's, he sat first and he was told by former, you know, our veterans like, Hey, you know, that's disrespectful. What? And he went and asked, what can I do? Neil. And I don't know if anybody's seen lately, you know, just because I don't want to be blinded or blindsided by something crazy that our president does. I follow him on Twitter just to make sure I can see it coming. He's still talking about people you know, shouldn't be kneeling for the flag. Well, you shouldn't be shooting rubber bullets and tear gas at people because you want to take a picture at a church with a Bible that I'm sure burned your dang hand. Like, I mean, I don't know, man. I'm just super frustrated about just everything. <laughs> those same people that trip out about the flag being America. I mean, like kneeling during the flag is disrespectful to America. Those same people are the same people that hide behind the Bible saying that, like, there shouldn't be interracial marriages or there shouldn't be, you know, gay people. There shouldn't be. What, whatever type of bigotry and hatred they want to spin behind the Bible, I feel like there's a lot of correlation between those people and the people saying that you're disrespecting America and, you know, you're saying a big F you to the troops by kneeling during the national anthem. Like, those are just people trying to hide their bigotry behind something that they think more people could be galvanized behind. Like, oh, yeah, with America, um, everybody should be pissed about the flag. Like, nothing yeah. about the cops. About the flag in America, the same way you know a person, a white guy with a, a cross around his neck, can go you know beat and murder a black person. Yeah, and it's 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 the I keep stuttering because I get really angry about it. It's like no, the, <laughs> dude, I feel the same way. I'm like, I can't get my words straight half the time. I mean, one of the biggest reasons why I'm a pretty devout. I don't even like saying atheist, but like anti-religious. It's like I'm against even being against religion. Just the whole premise of it's not for me. And that's a big reason why I get so angry at religion. It's like so many people, and there's people who don't do this and genuinely try to seek salvation and, and all the all the benefits of whatever religion you're into. But there's so many people who just use it as a shield for their own, for their own unholy thoughts on yeah it drives me nuts 100 because i am like i i was um, baptized as a baptist i mean i've always like had like a weird thing with organized religion but i truly do believe in the bible i i pray as much as i can because i like i say i, I believe in it i i feel like that we do have a higher power but people abuse that higher power of something that is supposed to be uh, a completely holy and completely good 
they hide their evil behind it because they think people won't question it. Like a lot of evil deeds were done not behind, oh, God told me to do this, but it was, oh, I did it because of the Bible. No, you hid behind it because you think people won't question you if you hide behind something all holy and all good. You think it's like, oh, I can't question this evil. I oh, I. It, where does it say that? Like, and there's I cannot remember the passage and what book it's in, but there's literally a point to where it it, it does a breakdown. Like, man, I think someone posted it and I have to find it, but basically it's the same analogy of, hey, if we have a group of people and one person gets hurt, lost, I'm going to find that one person to help that person and bring them back into the group. So these all lives matters posts are bunch of BS. I'm like, well, what is, no, you're, you're being selfish at this point, because if you truly did believe in this, in, in the book that you say you do, that I know I do, you know that this person, this race of people who's been like chastised and just put through just hell, we need help. We need you guys to listen to us. And, you know, we're, you use us for everything else. Bring us back into freaking humanity and treat us like we're living and breathing just like you. So, not to keep going on, on a back and forth and leaving Nick out of it, but just while you brought that up, um, Nick, maybe you feel this, you feel the same way about this too, but, um, you know, non-black listeners, specifically white people out there listening to this, um, if you came from or still live in a religious family and you see the racist undertones of your parents, uncles, grandparents, brother, sister, cousin, who, whoever it is in, in your network um, of family and and you came out okay and you came out not racist and you came out understanding the difference between right and wrong and love and hate, then you need to have those tough, awkward conversations with your family and put the mirror in their face and say, okay, if you love God so much or if you're so deeply religious, why are you hating on one of his children? However you want to phrase it, that's just what came to mind for me first. But, That's a good way to put it. But where a lot of long-term change comes from is really avo- you know, is, is advocacy, advocating for the black people out there, your friends, your mentors, your coworkers, anybody. Because having conversations like we're having where we where we all agree and we all have the same stance of I want to say the right stance. Um that's that's an easy conversation. It's easy for us to have this, and I'll chime in with all kind of the same backbone of statement. But real change, long-term change, comes from letting the people know who don't share the same opinion as you, who you're close with, um, letting them know that they're wrong and, and that and that they're using they're using whatever book of religion that they that they worship, maybe not in the best light. Because, like Nick said. You can't have like, you can't be pushing your religion on other people, but then, as an outsider, using your said religion incorrectly and, and not following real, real guidelines of like, you know, what it is to be a quote unquote good Christian. So I, I don't think being a good Christian is also condoning, you know, the lynching of a black person. That that, that just that's hypocrisy one hundred and one. So, please. If you take anything from this podcast episode, find the strength within yourself and the courage to advocate for the black community to the people who don't already agree with you. Because those are the people we need to change to have big change. Yeah, I I think that, you know, I'm just, you know, as I'm listening to you guys and and obviously you, you... you both make great points. You know, we, it's easy to have this conversation with people that you share the same views with. And, you know, I think the, the thing that I'm hearing beyond that is like kind of just reiterating what I said initially is like, you know, Colin Kaepernick choosing to take a knee versus just sitting on, on the bench came from his conversation with a service member a white, you know, military service member of the United States. And that changed the perspective because he went and had the conversation. Both those two guys had a conversation and listened to each other to better understand each other, but 
but to make it even more poignant for what Colin was doing. And I think that's, you know, Mike reiterated that in like, in his, his conversation there where, you know, it's like, you're just asking to be heard. You want people to listen because that's, that's, that's what's missing. Right. And I think, you know, we do collectively hide behind a lot of beliefs, whether that's religion or, you know, you know, there's, there's many, many things that we all kind of can, we all, we all have blinders on in a lot of ways. And I don't want to like make light of the situation, but like, you know, the easiest way for me to kind of translate what I'm trying to say is like, you know, if you've listened to the podcast for a while, you know that Reebok questions and Nike flight 89s are, are my thing. And so you could throw ugly shit on that and I'm going to like it to at least a certain extent. And that's kind of the blinders that I'm talking about. Like on a, on a massive level, we, we do, and I don't, I don't necessarily have, I don't have a problem with, you know, religion or the Bible or any of people's beliefs. And I think that's the, the thing that's missing in our world is that we don't have acceptance for people that are different than us. And, you know, it's, it's kind of, you know, not coincidence, but like my girlfriend and I just watched the Harvey Milk story. And if you're not familiar with that story is basically the first openly gay, um, you know, uh, I guess like government employee in San Francisco. He basically moved to San Francisco when he was about 40, ended up getting really involved in the community and became a, a like a change agent for the entire, you know, gay community in San Francisco. And this is, this is, you know, back in the seventies when it wasn't, it wasn't San Francisco and the Castro district was not what it is today, where it's very open to anyone. And the police were still beating on these, you know, mostly guys, but we watched it because, you know, I, I, I knew the story and I'm familiar with the story and, and what it meant for that community in San Francisco and what it meant for the community around the world when all of those, when he took on those battles and, you know, kind of became the face of that change and that acceptance. And, you know, to Robbie's point about religion, the same arguments that are made today by people hiding behind their beliefs were the exact same things that they dealt with in the seventies, you know, for just being different. And, and here we are still doing the same shit. And like, that's the problem is like people, people like glass over get their, you know, blinders on and they just judge without being able to actually hear someone. And I, I think like, for me, it's really tough to have these conversations, you know, like I'm my, my girlfriend is, you know, mix and she is having her own conversations and I'm having conversations with her. And, you know, Mike and I were talking about this before we started recording. And this is all, this is all tough conversations to have because we're all frustrated, angry, hurt. We're feeling all these crazy different emotions and, you know, I think a majority of us in the America in, in the United States, you know, believe that everybody should be treated equally. And it's really unfortunate that we're dealing with all this shit still. But at the same time, I'm really hopeful that, like Mike said, there's there's, you know, there's such a, a movement and an organization and, and change. You know, we're seeing little things happen and hopefully those little things add up and continue to push this to, 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 you know, like get through this pain of growth, but like come out of it as a better country and all of us more proud of the country that we live in. And I think the other thing I wanted to say is I don't want this, you know, obviously I don't want the podcast to be divisive and have you be like offended by what we're talking about. But instead of you, you know, if you're listening to this and you're just getting heated by what we're talking about, like message me, like I'm happy to talk about this stuff with you and try to understand your perspective on it. 
because that's the thing that I really feel doesn't happen enough in the world. And if, if I can use, you know, sneakers to, to have these tough conversations with people that might not see the same, see things from the same perspective that I do, you know, I'm open to try to have those conversations with anybody who needs to have them. And, you know, I hope you guys don't bombard me with a bunch of hate, but if that's what <laughs> you need to do to feel better, then so be it. It's better than, you know, going and hurting somebody. So, um, I guess like kind of shifting a little bit. Um, I do think that, you know, at least in the sneaker world, it's nice to see, um, you know, we've, we've been, we've been critical of, of MJ and Jordan brand on the, you know, political or on the activism front. Right. So it was really nice to see Jordan brand come out and, you know, commit 50 million from the company and then, you know, Michael committing 50 million as well. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I wanted to just like kind of commend obviously all the brands for trying to make an effort regardless of how that was taken or whatever. I do think that, you know, there is good intention behind most of it. It might not be the best to what we expect from some of these companies, but it's also one of those things where, you know, I, I'd rather, I'd rather see somebody speak up than to not say anything at all. And, um, I think the last thing that I really kind of wanted to touch on was to kind of talk about this Adidas, um, you know, I guess like the potential protests from the Adidas employees. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't really know what to think about it. I, I don't feel like, I, I should say, I feel like this kind of stuff happens at a lot of brands. And, you know, I think that this is all good that we're getting to the point of having these conversations. Um, I think that the, you know, challenges that exist within a company oftentimes aren't the belief system of the entire company. It's, it's, you know, I hate to say this, but it's like usually a handful of shitty people that cause the most pain internally at a company. At least that's my experience and my work experience through, you know, the 12, 14 years that I've been doing this footwear stuff. Um, but I'm really optimistic to see them, to see Adidas so quickly respond and say, we are going to have this conversation and hopefully the people that are upset get some, you know, I guess, resolve out of the conversation, whatever that is for them. So, um, I don't know. What, what do you guys think about this whole kind of protest, like the Adidas protest specifically? Man, I got to see what I don't really, have, uh, oh, right, I'm sorry. I don't have much other than, yeah, Adidas better have that conversation. They're going to have the conversation with them. So it's, it's good to try to, uh, meet it head on, I guess. But, uh, I want to say it wasn't even a year ago. There was an, a, a story of like inequality, well, many stories of equality at, at Adidas. So this is nothing new. Uh, it makes me happy that the employees are using this opportunity to take it a step further outside of just, you know, airing past grievances or situations online. Um, but it, it was just funny to me to hear you say Adidas is going to have the conversation. It's like, well, yeah, they better. So uh, go on, Mike. That's all I really had to say about it. Yeah, you know what? I think I'm just kind of echoing what you said as well. I mean, um, it's something that is going to be talked about. I mean, we don't know the inner workings. We're not there every day. So we don't know exactly what's being said and what's not. So we have a, you know, we're kind of just wondering to see what's going to happen. And they especially have to do these kind of things if the people on their roster, you know, three, you know, well, maybe four big names. You got uh, Pharrell, uh, Pusha T, Beyonce, and I'm going to get to this last guy in a minute. But you have three really big people in the black community. So if there's something going on, um, you may want to address it and change it quickly because all of these sneakers may not be, you know, you know, gangbusters out the door all the time, they're a big part of your, your, your demographic. 
and you could find yourself in a big hole and just being just being bad human beings like why not just be a decent person and be able to you know run a successful company you don't have to be a dick basically to to make this happen now the last person you know of course is kanye which we never know what he's thinking i don't think he knows what he's thinking half the time but it came out in, I think, High Snobiety. I think they deleted the tweet because I've seen a bunch of screen captures for it, but I haven't been able to find the actual tweet so far. But it came out that apparently he was speaking with one of the good music, uh, one of his fellow good music rappers, uh, GLC, and basically saying that, yeah, I've been playing a long con of this whole Donald Trump thing. Like, I here to take all these hats. Um, basically, in, in, in short, that he put the hat on to make sure he can get the meeting and acted a fool to be able to get in front of him to get people out of jail. Now, I don't know if that's true. I really hope it is. Um, I mean, I would love to see it just kind of just the long con payoff and just flip and denounce this man. But I don't know. That would be pretty amazing. And hopefully that would be, uh, <laughs> he just wouldn't use that as an excuse to act the way he acted anymore. I mean, I think, I think, you know, anybody that's a fan of Kanye is like a true fan of Kanye is like hoping for the same thing. Right. I mean, cross. <laughs> he, he, I mean, I just think back to the, the whole, you know, MTV George Bush comments and, you know, how much he, at least from my perspective, used to speak up about the you know, about so many different injustices and i do think that you know i don't want to dismiss him you know as as a human being because he wears you know uh, a hat but i also am deeply offended by that hat for what it stands for yep. and i you know, I think a lot of what he's said along the way has been very has been very dismissive of people's concerns in the perception of what he's doing and and how it affects much bigger things than just you know a few people here and there, right? So it's it's nice to see him protesting. Um, it's nice to see him, you know, donating. Like, I really, truly believe that everyone that that has a platform and has an audience, you know, has a responsibility to speak up for things, you know, especially like this, what's going on right now. Um, but I'm really hesitant to just, like, dismiss it, you know, dismiss my kind of, uh, I don't know, like, distrust of him and his... Yeah. You know, it's, it's really tough because on one hand, like I also totally like have compassion for, you know, his mental challenges and the, and the, and the, just this shit that he's got to deal with on a regular basis. You know, it's, it's from the outside. Yeah. It looks like, okay, cool. This guy's, you know, whatever, a billionaire, blah, blah, blah. But like the pressure that comes with that kind of stuff is no joke. And the pressure to be successful with as kind of, I guess, outspoken as he's been, you know, in the last two, three years is that much more pressure that he puts on himself and that much more pressure that comes from society because he makes a comment like, yo, I'm, you know, X million dollars in debt. And, you know, I don't want to dismiss his own personal struggles because they exist, whether he has a pile of money or a pile of Yeezys, they exist the same way that all of us have our own personal struggles and challenges. And I do think that, you know, seeing the posts from high snob and GLC's comments, it's like, you know, that's, I think to me, one of his original like homies from back in the day, right. He was on the very first early stuff and to me, that is is telling, and I hope that he's listening to the people that are around him because that's a uh, you know we're just in a we're just in a time where he needs to be very clear about about what he's about, who he supports. 
Yep. We'll have to see what uh, kind of where the where the chips fall on that one, but yeah, man, I just, I mean, I don't don't want to berate anybody too much more of it. I mean, I know you guys get it on the news a lot, but again, as as you know, a black male in a society, I just really hope that everyone of any different race really does just take the time to sit down and understand. Um, like that's, I mean, I think that's the hard part. It's like we want understanding to see where we're coming from, not just to be cast to the side. So that's just my request from our viewers, our listeners. Um, you know, tell a friend to tell a friend. I don't know. Just you don't have to do everything in the world. There's no way you can do everything in the world. But just having an open mind and listening would be. Think the best jumping off point for everyone in the world. Yeah, and yeah, I mean that's all I can ever ask for. Just listen and be willing to make a change. Stop because you hear something you thought it was cool. That don't make it cool. Like, be your own person. Listen. I'm sure you'll hear something that will blow your mind. Yeah, I didn't want to jump in the Kanye's like I told you guys before we started recording I'll kind of always find a way to justify Kanye's I love <laughs> but when it comes down to like you know learning and understanding um, to kind of go a step further from my understanding from what Mike said you know go do that go do that good learning on your own time like don't seek this I've been told, like, don't seek black people to explain, you know, the past 400 years to you. You know, there's yeah. tons of resources out there. You know, your your black friend isn't the voice of all black people. That's another very important thing to remember. Like, Mike doesn't speak for the entire black community. Like, that's just his views and his thoughts. Much yeah. like Kanye and his views and his thoughts have to be taken that way. Um, but go seek that information and learn it sounds weird saying it on your own time, but you don't have to involve other people for you to learn. Like you don't get help on studying when you're in school. So, <laughs> um, you know, black people are going through a lot right now. So may not be the best time to be like, Hey, tell me everything right now. When, <laughs> when your friend probably has a lot on his mind and heart right now. So, you know, be there, be a listener, be supportive, but, um, you know, you can find tons of great resources on your own. Yeah, and and just to wrap up, we'll we'll throw a bunch of links in the description for this episode and up on the site that you guys can go and find ways to educate yourselves and you know hopefully find an, an understanding and ways to donate, ways to support that don't cost any money, all that kind of stuff. We'll 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 share all those um, in the description for this episode. But just wanted to thank everybody for listening. And, you know, kind of close with just be kind to one another and be kind to yourself, because right now is a very challenging time for a lot of people. And you don't got to beat yourself up over the struggles that you're having. You know, this is kind of the, the time that you can take a step back and, like Robbie said, just educate yourself a little bit and hopefully find some compassion and empathy for the people that are really struggling right now. So before I leave, um, this one last little thing, um, you know, a lot of people are compelled right now to support black businesses. And I just want to say, uh, or, or challenge you to keep that same energy a year from now, because it, it's great to be helping out, you know, your favorite black owned, um, restaurant or coffee place or bar or you know, whatever type of place it is, but just remember those establishments a year from now too. Like don't, don't make it a one-time thing, please. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, most definitely. All right. We'll catch you next time. Peace. See you. This time. Bye. <laughs> hey, Hey, Nick here again. Before you take off, I want to thank you for listening to the sneaker history podcast. Be sure to hop into our Discord to answer this episode's The Last Shot question and get to know our community of sneaker enthusiasts. 
If you'd like more insights on the trending topics in the sneaker world, I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com newsletter. And last but not least, tell someone you like their kicks today. You never know how far a simple compliment can take you, and we all know how good it feels to be on the receiving end of some appreciation. Thank you for all the support, and we will catch you on the next episode. Peace.